Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Impact. I am your host, Michael Anderson. And if you're new to the show, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about what this show's about. I'm a licensed associate, marriage and family therapist, and in my own practice with clients, I lean heavily on values-based therapy principles, meaning that I'm a big believer that everyone has core ways of living, of being, that are important to them, and we call those values. And most of the distress we feel in life comes from, from when we respond to difficult thoughts, situations, and emotions in ways that are outside of our value system. So I help people find their values and live them more fully in order to experience a more meaningful life. And so I wanted to, I wanted to create a show where people can learn how others have built a life of meaning, centered on their values despite the challenges in their life. And so with that, I am honored to have Chris Hammonds on the show. And let me tell you a little bit about Chris. Chris is an incredible person. Uh, his mission, the way he puts it, is to help people turn their limits into leverage. And he's uh, sincerely just one of the most supportive people you'll, you'll ever meet. Uh, Chris's story is powerful. Uh, born with dwarfism, he has beaten the odds uh, that doctors have given him over and over again. He's, he has recovered from 20 plus surgeries, all under the age of 20. Uh, he has started multiple small businesses, has a beautiful family. Um, he's taught himself how to design uh, code, uh, taught himself media production. I mean, he has really, uh, the way he, he puts it, he, challenge accepted is his mantra and uh, relies heavily on a faith on his faith in God to help him overcome just some pretty uh, amazing uh, struggles and challenges. And so his mission now is to, to help people. He, he says he shares his story as a way to inspire others, not just to take action, but to own their own story, whatever it is and to go out and make a difference with it. Really just a cool guy, and I'm so thrilled to have him on the show. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Chris Hammonds. The number one lesson is you cannot overcome a challenge you are unwilling to face. Okay, cool. Um, There's a big difference between overcoming a challenge and simply enduring it. So I'll, I'll unpack that really quick. Yeah, and please during do. It, and, and during it, like, you know, I, I'm a guy of like, I'm very visual. So like mental images. Yeah. And during for me, what's like, you are white knuckled on the steering wheel. You got your eyes closed and you're just hoping <laughs> for the best. Yeah. That's enduring. Yeah. Another word would be survival, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and then some grave challenges. Yeah, there's a time for that. You're just trying to get one step in front of the other. Sure. But if you don't get above it, you don't let go of the steering wheel and open your eyes uh, or loosen your grip on the steering wheel, um, you'll never really face it. And what you'll do is you'll go into a cycle of, um, and this was true for me, uh, you'll start coping because Mm -hmm. you'll get out out of this mode of survival. Man, I just, okay, everything's normal. Everything's fine. You know. Let me just let me just check out for a minute. Yeah. You get your phone out. You start scrolling, or you might you might turn to a substance. You might turn to Netflix. A number of different ways you can just check out. Yeah. In the moment where maybe you should step back and start the process at a deeper level, what what it is you're facing, or what you just faced. But okay, tell me. Uh... 
I'm really intrigued by that last part you just said. And to take a step back and really process what it is you're facing. Would you mind taking us through your own journey of survival to and under undergoing that process of actually, okay, I'm gonna let me loosen what'd you say, loosen up on the steering wheel? Loosen up on the steering wheel, don't yeah. don't white knuckle it. Yeah, open actually, your eyes open, a little bit. Open, open your eyes a little bit. Yeah, would uh, you mind sharing a little bit of your journey? Yeah, for sure. So I was born with a rare type of dwarfism. Uh, I'm 39 now, so this would have been in the 80s. Uh, before I was 18, I had over 20 surgeries. Uh, wow. When I was 12 years old, I was actually rescued from a bus fire. My parents divorced when I was a, a, a young child. I'll, I'll come back to... Can I, can I make sure I heard that correctly? You said I was rescued from a bus fire? Yes. Oh my goodness, uh, what happened? They, uh, so I was actually uh, going to a church camp for the first time in my life. Like, and and think think about how you might feel as a parent if your child who has had all these surgeries goes off to church camp. Oh my goodness! So my my parents already super nervous. I go to church camp. It was a couple of states away. Um, I lived in Indiana at the time. Was on our way back, and it was our our pastor of the church was actually driving the bus. Yeah. He needed to get back and, and do a sermon that Sunday. So we wrap up camp Friday night up in Wisconsin. We uh, hop in the bus late that night because he, he the pastor, wants to get back and get some rest in on yeah. Saturday before having church on Sunday. Not a very big church, mind you. Yeah. Um, and so we're in this old bus. He sees some smoke coming from the engine around 12, 31 a.m., in the middle, in the heart of Chicago, no less. Oh, oh my goodness. And so he pulls off to the side of the road, realizes he's in trouble, um, but it's soon enough that he can get everybody off safely. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of us had fallen asleep in the bus, because again, it's 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And one of those people was me. Okay. So when he, when he got everybody off the bus, um, not only did I fall asleep, I also did not, um, uh, I wear hearing aids because I only have 50% of my hearing. Yeah. Um, I did not have my hearing aids on. Oh my God. So when he called everybody, I did not wake up. He got everybody off the bus through the front, um, got them far enough away to be safe, did a head count, realized he was missing one. Oh my Uh, goodness. And at this point now that the, you know, the smoke has turned the, you know, sparks have turned the flames. And by the time I wake up, the flames had engulfed the engine, the driver's seat, and the first row of seats. So you you went to bed no, completely normal, right. not worried about anything. You wake up and the front and of the bus is completely in flames. Right. And I'm in like the second or third row. Like I'm pretty oh close to goodness. the bus. That is wild. And so it all happened so fast, but I remember thinking, well, I can't go out the front. The door was open. And about that time, I turned back to the back door, Um, the door opens. And so I run back, he jumped into his arms. And because by that point, he had realized he was missing. Yeah. And so he turned around, took about two steps. And the next thing we hear is, and that opening the back door created a backdraft and the bus was gone. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, and that actually created a whole, like that was the first thing that had happened to me that was like, whoa, I think there's something bigger at play. There's some 
there's some purpose and meaning here I can go figure out. Huh. It's not only about these surgeries and some, you know, experiences with that. Yeah. Now I've been involved in this press fire. And so that was kind of a turning point for me personally to be like, wow, uh, there's a story here. Really? And so, yeah, fast forward, all of that thing, all of that stuff had happened. And in the backdrop of that, my parents could divorce. Um, there's a lot of personal stuff that a lot of us go through, unfortunately. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I, I realized that the pattern, the way I was living, uh, while I had a great job and, uh, you know, I got married, had several kids, yeah. you know, I found myself where I, I lived as if all the weight was on me. Hmm. And I lived realizing I had never looked back to all those things I went through and truly processed how they made me feel. So, slow down. What, what do you mean by I lived like all the weight was on me? Um, meaning I never, I seldom ever asked for help oh, in my gotcha. work life or personal life. Yeah. I wasn't in a, you know, I had a group of people I trusted, but they'd ask me how I was. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm good, man. Like, life is good. You know, when, you, when you've been through what I've been through, yeah. you know, everything's cake, you know. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's fine to, to internalize that. But if you don't go back, you know, it's, this is what I found. I don't go back and be like, yeah, you know, that thing, that, that thing that happened, that's, that, that really stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, that made me feel a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and you know a lot of frustration. Um, I, yeah, I never went back and processed it emotionally. Was that um, t- talk to me? Was that a conscious decision? Do you feel like to not go back and face it, or like did did you did you realize that you were pert- putting off processing this and asking for help, or did it almost hit you like a light bulb moment? It hit me a few things. Uh, a when you don't ask for help at work, that can become a problem. Sure. Because uh, yeah. then you just bear it away. You feel all this pressure. Um, so it was beginning to become a problem Yeah. in my work. And I had a really good leader at the time that was like, hey, you you need to really start asking for help. And it was a theme. Yeah. And it was, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I was transitioning leaders uh, from this uh, between two really good leaders, people yeah. I respected, and, and the new leader came in. I, I'd, I'd known of her; she was highly respected here, respected here for her work, and I was anxious to get to work with her. I never forget my first meeting where they were going to hand off, kind of like a one-on-one with both of them. Yeah, and she came in. And she was like, "I don't know what it is, but I'm worried about you, and if you don't." You don't go dig into what this is. Huh. I'm worried. I'm worried for what that could mean for you. What? How did that like, end for you? That's when I was like, okay, she literally just walked into the room. And she's feeling something. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm putting off some aura that is not good. Yeah. 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 And it yeah. had been something that my leader had been coaching me on. Where I was like, okay, he's just he's a little too close to it. I still was in denial. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it wasn't something like that wasn't the light bulb moment. That was the moment where I was like, okay, there's something I need to dig into. And so um, there was a, a book that had gotten popular with, with leaders around me called Voice of the Heart by 
Chip Dodd. Okay. It's all about processing your emotions. And so I had begun to read that. And then there was a retreat I went on um, around the same time where it dips through some of the same stuff. Okay. And you start looking back and thinking through, processing through things that you just hadn't even thought about. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I hadn't really even thought about my parents' divorce. And this mm. intercept of, wow, I had all these medical things at the same time. I was actually living under this lie that maybe maybe some of my medical stuff caused the divorce. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. That I was subconsciously living under. Is that is that what you is that what you mean by is that when kind of the anger you said because I think you said anger actually started to come up when I started to process through this is that right. is, is that what you mean is that when that anger started anger, to come up? yeah anger anger and sadness a lot of sadness and because what that what that evolved into and the, the kind of the toxic side of it was in the fallout of my parents' divorce and. What eventually happened is my my real dad decided he didn't he didn't want to deal with a medically needs child, so he had less and less involvement with me as I got older. Wow. Uh, um, that turned into me seeking validation everywhere. Hmm. If you and I were having this conversation three years ago, I'd be trying. I'd be internalizing. Well, am I am I okay? Am I yeah. good? Yeah. Which yeah. Which didn't turn to you know codependency says for me to be okay you need to be okay yeah yeah and yeah. Every, every every relationship was that wow. i could just meet you on the in the coffee shop and all i wanted was validation but i didn't i didn't know that i wasn't aware of it that's just how i internalized everything yeah 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 and so when i say i endured a lot i didn't face it until recently whoa so the are you, um, please course correct me if I'm, if I'm hearing you wrong here, but sure. what it sounds like you're saying is, are you, you know, you, you're bringing up this incredibly important point and that is we don't realize how much our experiences in life, especially our early experiences in life affect the way we show up as adults, right. In our, right. in our most important relationships. And are you saying this idea of, um, learn we're not we, we can't overcome a challenge unless we face it are you talking about a lot is a lot of that this introspection and being willing to face how the early experiences in life are, are informing exactly up? is that what you're saying exactly for sure um another way to put it is you can sleepwalk through your challenges just like you sleepwalk through life hmm. things can be more normal and, and you kind of sleepwalk through that um hmm. And you tend to think, well, when, when the stakes are higher, there's something going on. Well, you're in survival mode. Yes. But you can also sweep sweep off through that. It's, mm. it's another way to say the same thing. But yeah. if you don't you don't kind of get above it and and ask yourself some questions like how it's something simple as like how did that how did that that crazy thing that happened yesterday or 10 years ago make me feel? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this totally is going to affect how you show up today, whether that's childhood or two years ago. Well, I you are hitting on something that I think resonates with a ton of people, right? And to be honest, scares a lot of people. Like Chris, like you, you just brought up a topic that, well, obviously by by nature of what you're saying, people don't want to face, right? Right. 
And so um, would you mind going a little bit, talking more about your journey then of, okay, what has facing it and processing it and not just surviving it, right? Don't waking up to it and facing it. What does that look like? Because you said even just a matter of three years ago, you said this a need for validation really showed up a lot in my life, right? So can right. you talk more about what was your, what's been your process of healing? What's that looked like for you? Um, I'm going to get a little bit out of order here, but it's kind of where it started for me. I used to have, I mean, I still do. But when you, you know, when you're someone that has gone through a lot of stuff or people perceive it to be a lot of stuff, yeah, I'll, I'll hear a lot of comments like, man, that must have been so hard. How'd you get through that? Or, you know, I've been through stuff, but not like you have. And it always made me feel a little weird because I'm like, well, yeah, but you got something too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I would say that so often that I would just tell myself, yeah, you know, what I've been through has been a big deal, but it's not that big a deal, you know? And, and what you're doing there is you're trampling on your own emotions. You're basically saying, well, my, how I feel about that thing doesn't really matter. Very. I think that's super important what you just said. Right. And so if we're not careful, we can m- minimize how we are experiencing something to the, to that degree. Um, however, what is true is that we all have something, right? Mm-hmm. We have something that we've faced whether it's big trauma, little trauma, there's something we've had to, to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, and so I've had to come to realization that, yes, that's true. But yes, how I've experienced mine is also true. Mm-hmm. But that is true for everyone. Um, <laughs> I used to say to parents who would see me in the NICU, in the, uh, like the ICU, when our son was, one of our children was in the ICU for a long time. And we, he was in there for like 10 months. And we'd be in there, you know, you know we would cross, you know, paths with other parents who mm. would be in there maybe for two weeks. And it's very mm. traumatic for them. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, how long have your child been here? And we'd be like, my wife and I were just fine with, oh, we've been here for five months. Yeah. And the parents would be like, they'd almost feel just shame or guilt. Like, well, I've been here for two weeks and I'm I'm a mess about it. And yeah, you seem completely fine. Wow. And and there's a balance you gotta strike between you can't compare your, your journey to others, hmm. but you do need to feel what you are experiencing. Hmm. And so if there's anything I want people to do is to find that balance. And so for me, how that played out was um, I used to not even like sharing the good things. And so in this season where we had our son in the NICU for 10 months, even if we had good times, I would just be reluctant to share it because I felt like I was bragging. So we didn't, yeah. we didn't even tell people. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't believe my story mattered. So it's just like, oh, well, everybody goes through something. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I remember sharing a high with my leader um, one time and I went to, you know, I shared in our one-on-one where I thought I was supposed to share it. Yeah. And my leader looked at me and he said, you need to go before you leave work today, share that with three other people. Really? And I was like, dude, I just told you. (laughs) He's like, yeah, go share it with two other people today. Yeah. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, 
if you don't start sharing your story, you're never going to process it. You're never going to face it. Wow. You need what to use leader. your voice. Holy cow. And then I said, okay, cool. So I went and did that. And um, I, I, I think it was that one-on-one or the next one. Come back, I was like, all right, I shared it. Thank you for telling me. It's like, yeah, man, if you don't start using your voice, you'll never find your people. Wow. And so how that really, like, and that was really the genesis for me to start doing that. And I started being okay with my story and sharing it with others. And that's that's kind of where that started. And being able, when you start sharing it and verbalizing it, that will help you start to understand how you experienced it almost in real time. You're, I feel like you're hitting on a few really important principles here that that, that I want that I, I that are worth really highlighting and putting a, putting an exclamation point on. Um, yep. The first principle is, I if I'm what I what I'm getting from you is first off being willing to honor all parts of your story, right? The hard, the good, right? And being willing to honor both of those is incredibly important um two being willing to actually not not accept as in like be like love it but but accept as in make room for and have compassion for for the hard parts for the fact that anger shows up for the fact that sadness shows up and and not shaming yourself for the fact that that's your emotional experience right and and being willing to to hold that gently and honor that Exactly. Yep. And then create meaning out of your story by sharing it. And as you share it, you create, you go through this meaning making process that is much more empowering than like the meaning that maybe our brain gives us before we share. So like before we go through this meaning making process, sometimes the meaning of our trauma and our hard experiences that our brain gives us is, well, there's something wrong with you. You're broken in some way, but sharing your story and impacting others creates a new meaning and that's really empowering. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I used I used to believe this this lie of like, well, God put me through this, so I'm just kind of uniquely equipped to handle this. Yeah. I don't need to be have, have emotions about it. Um, and I'm a person of faith that was easy for me to process mentally yeah. process. Right. Yeah. Um, there's and, and I, w- I would feel shame if I felt angry about my predicament, right? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. man, I shouldn't feel that. I'm supposed to have faith, right? Yeah. Um, yeah it's so important. But you know what? I, I had a, a great, a, a former pastor of mine say something profound. The opposite of faith is not fear. It is certainty. Hmm. I like that. Um, because when we are certain about something, we don't need faith. Yeah. And we we have faith, we feel fear. The gift of that fear is, is faith. Because we step out of that fear and like, okay, I'm really scared about what's going on, but I believe it's gonna all be okay. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like what you're saying. You're holding that tension of what's happened to you. It's like that's that's some scary stuff, even as I reprocess it, but yeah. I'm going to have faith that I can get up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the way I really like to break it down is like, and you hit on some great points, like 
honor your story. Um, show up to it, share it. Yeah. Um, the, the way I've broken that down most recently has been you need to start using your voice. Because, yeah. I, I, and I say that first because I'm not sure if you really know what your story is until so you start telling it. I think, that, I think that stops people from sharing their stories because they're not, because the, the right. default is I don't have a story. It's like the chicken and the egg. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. What's, which one's first? Yeah. And so I always say, start by using your voice. So you show it to what you need and start yeah. telling people like, man, this really stinks. I don't know what that is, but go and start working on that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and when you do that, you'll start finding your people. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you start sharing your story, finding safe spaces, safe spaces to share that, you'll start, that's, that's the work of showing up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And showing up to that story, that thing that happened to you a long time ago, um, or that's still happening to you. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you do that, you'll start to believe that you have a purpose. Hmm. Because you'll start to see your your story in context. Yeah. And so that's that's it's kind of one, two, three for me. It's use your voice, find your people, and believe in your purpose. Believe that you have a purpose. Yeah, and I yeah, believe that you have it. Even I, I think just again, another exclamation point, of what you're saying is we get we get caught up thinking that be, we never share a story because we feel like we don't have a story. When you, I think you're saying something super important that is you have to start sharing it in order to find the story. Exactly. Like that is normal to feel like I don't have anything to share. That's because you have to start that journey to consolidate it and find it. Yeah. Chris, this has been really, really cool to to talk with you about this and, and um, hearing a little more of your story. And I appreciate being willing to share your story. Um, Yeah. Thank you. And getting vulnerable and, and being willing to, to let people hear this this part of you so if people want to learn more about you and learn more of your story and 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 get a hold of your content where can people find you i'll tell you what the best place right now um is linkedin to be honest yeah um i'm posting every day been doing that since april so it's been it's been a fun ride yeah um if you don't want to find me there you can find me there on my website uh chrishammons.com okay and so uh, yeah, those are the two biggest places. I don't it's update as much on my website, but there's some changes coming there soon. So uh, either they will be in place by the time this rolls out. But yeah, those are the two biggest spots. Cool. And um, content is great. I've been following it for a while. Um, have loved it. Are you also, if people want to reach out to you, do you do, you do public speaking? Do you do, yeah, what kind of, do you offer any services to people if they want to hear more of your story? Uh, yes, public speaking. For sure, that would be a number one. Okay. Um, so if you want to get a hold of me, just find me on LinkedIn. Um, there's also a contact form on my website, so you can go check it out there. Uh, again, there'll be some more coming on that. So cool. Uh, yeah. So I, I really talk about uh, showing up to your story, turning your limit uh, limitations into leverage. So yeah, I'd love cool. to come speak for you. Okay. Man, Chris, thanks a lot for for joining us. And uh, like I said, for uh, just to give a little story, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Um, yes, listeners, it took us it took us a a minute to be able to finally get this coordinated. I think you had something come up, and then my yep. microphone broke the Mike. second time. 
that we wanted to get together. And so if anything, I appreciate you just, you kept responding to my emails. So thank you. (laughs) Dude, the, the honor is all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Everyday Impact. It would mean the world if you'd be willing to uh, leave a rating and review and subscribe. And most importantly, please share this uh, show with with someone that you feel like could benefit from it. If you're interested in uh, my values-based therapy and or coaching services, feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn. Just send me a message or book an on a free 20-minute consultation just there on my LinkedIn page and be happy to connect with you. Thank you so much.